Welcome back to the BFR Podcast. My name is Dave. I'm joined by my co-host, Ficky. Today, we have a great show for you. We're going to talk Bears training camp. We're going to go ahead and discuss the unofficial Bears 2023 depth chart. That's when you know football's back. Uh, we're excited oh, yeah. to discuss that, go in great detail. And then we're going to talk about the Bears' first preseason game against the Titans, which is this Saturday. Um, we also have an amazing guest who's going to be here talking Bears with us. We have Deke. He is a Bears content creator. He is an amazing Twitter follow. He is um, uh, has a YouTube channel called Next Wave Bears. We'll have all of his information in the description, of course. Uh, before we hop into all of that, Vicky, man, how you doing? Man, I'm good. Football's here. Chef Kiss, we actually get to watch some of these players. Of course, maybe not all the starters, but we get to see some right. action. Oh, we're only a month away. Like, I know this is like a blue ball, uh, a, a tease, really, but like <laughs> at least at least we're getting closer and closer. So I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we are uh, partnered with Sports Marker. We touched on it on our last episode. We are very, very excited to just be um, partnered with them just for the season. We're excited. This is kind of like our training camp, too. So we're getting the flow of things. We'll have a more consistent schedule uh, once the regular season starts. And before we bring in Deke and we hop into just the topics, uh, we want to say again, thank you for all the support just over the last two months, three months in regards to just the, the growing uh, and you guys are enjoying the content. So again, if you do like it, make sure to leave a like button. It really does help the channel grow. It's such a small gesture, but it does go a long way. Um, and if you really enjoy the content and you want to stay a little while, especially for the season, that's going to be extremely fun. Make sure to just go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Um, hit the notification bell as well if you want just an instant update when we do post. Um, again, we appreciate it. Vicky, anything else you want to say before you hop in? Well, we might be doing a post game live, uh, hint, hint, you know what I mean? For after yeah, this preseason game. So if you want to be, if you want to be a part of that, go ahead and hit that notification bell. So, you know, right away, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's hop right in. All right. We have Deke, uh, who is a Chicago bears content creator. He has an awesome YouTube channel, uh, called next wave bears. Um, Deke, we've been wanting to have you on the pod for quite some time now. So we're excited to have you on. Uh, before we hop into training camp, just can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into content creation, uh, specifically the the Chicago Bears? Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, definitely been a while, <laughs> long time coming for me to hop on here with you guys. So um, thanks for having me. But um, yeah, it started back in 2017. Uh, I started doing, actually, I started with basketball highlights. And then I slowly got into football around the start of 2018. And I did a video on, I really liked college players. And I did a video on Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence when they were coming out of high school. And um, literally like that was my first football video ever was Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence in 2018. So uh, that year, of course, the Bears had a huge year. And that's when I started branching off into Bear stuff. And I had like some, I really only did like highlight videos and I only had a few talking videos, but I ended up kind of falling back from YouTube for a while. And then we drafted Justin Fields in 2021 and I was like, it's meant to be. So <laughs> I back into it. Um, we were talking a little bit off camera about how like my, my Twitter account, it, it, I had other Twitter accounts, but my current Bears Twitter account, I started like a month before Justin Fields was drafted. So um, really my whole, you know, journey of really pushing for content has been ever since Justin Fields was drafted. So it's like, I'm kind of following his career along. And then once we hired Ryan Poles is when I really doubled down and, and really jumped into it. So this year has been the most active I've been on everything. So it's pretty, pretty fun to see everything kind of take off for once. I mean, that's that's perfect timing as far as just starting your kind of Bears Twitter, just because that's I mean, I remember when he was drafted that night, 
Um, it was crazy. And that whole entire like week, honestly, up to until now, just the the views, everything has just went up because he's just such a popular and then obviously he's so talented. So, I mean, just the hype around him is it's just kept building and building. And going into this, you know, with training camp, which we'll get to here in a second, it's similar, a little different, but the 2018 season after that great success, you know, obviously the playoff was a little bit of a disappointment, but there was so much hype going into, you know, you had the Bears 100, and then we had that, you know, kind of Super Bowl um, aspirations. And a little different now because we're like, okay, wild card, we can do that. You know, division's kind of wide open. So, but the, the hype is still there. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy how much how much hype there is for a team that was literally the worst team in the NFL <laughs> last year. Like, I'm not mad about it. Like, I'm go I'm going to three games this year, so obviously, like, I'm a part of the problem. But it's funny because we did win three games last year, and we are, and it feels like the hype is almost more than 2018. Like, I don't know why it just feels like it, and I think it's because Fields. the major difference is Fields. Yeah, the the ceiling for Fields is way higher than Mitch. Like, we looked at Mitch and was like like uh, more game manager, but it was, we were hyped about the defense and what they were doing. And it's the complete opposite this year. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's funny. I was actually, uh, you were like arguing with someone or no, or having a really good conversation in the YouTube you about the defense. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, we had last podcast, we, uh, talked about the defense and I have like, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty good. I think it's going to be um, a lot better than most expect. And, some people are saying top 10. I don't know if that's the case, but we had a couple people in the comments thinking, okay, this is going to be a top 10 defense. And Ficky was like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, no, uh, let's relax. Wait, which, <laughs> and, and, and why? Give me like a quick breakdown, Ficky. Why, why is this defense not top 10? Well, first why off, I don't like y Yannick is great. That helps push the needle maybe two points. Like, so, like, if we were 20th overall defense, maybe we'll be 17. Like, I could view something like that. But this D line still hasn't proven anything to me right now the linebacker did obviously improve tremendously and the cornerback is a lot of potential like Jalen Johnson and Bojack were pretty set on Brisker had a good rookie year Kyler Gordon came into his own later in the year but again we're that's more of like potential so you know if that if that secondary really steps up then yeah we should be good but we had one of the worst run defenses in the league last year and we had a span of like four games where we gave up like 36 points or something like that so you know we won again go back to my point in the beginning we won three games for a reason that's not all offense the defense gave up a shit ton of points so we'll make a jump but i just it's not realistic to think we're gonna go from i think we were like 28 defense last year to like 10 that's such a huge jump so but if i'm wrong hey i'm not gonna be mad about that deke what's I your agree. thought where would you where would you put them your yeah. expectation i don't know i'm always iffy on rankings because it doesn't really matter too much to me but if i had to put something a number on it i would i wouldn't be surprised with at least top 15 because you know you look at the 2018 bears and how they added Khalil Mack and they drafted Roquan Smith that year and they went to the number 1 defense but the year before that they were the number 10 defense in the league and when you go through the roster and see the names that they had it wasn't really that you know, it wasn't that stellar of, of a roster on defense, but the one thing that the Bears did have is they had a great defensive mind coaching the team. Vic. We mm -hmm. have that with 
obviously Iberflus isn't the defensive coordinator. Allen Williams does have to prove himself. I, I am aware of that. It, it is Iberflus was the mastermind in Indy, but at the end of the day, it is the same scheme, and Iberflus is in the same room as Allen Williams, you know, scheming things up together. And I think this our secondary is more talented than the secondary back then. Um, I, I might get jumped on for this, but I had a love hate relationship with um kyle fuller i i felt like he had his moments but he got burned like a lot <laughs> he he really did and then when he had eddie jackson behind him to you know kind of help over the top it didn't really matter if he got burned because eddie jackson was picking it off so i think yeah. with eddie jackson and jaquan brisker they're going to be saving our cornerbacks butts a lot this season so guys like kyler gordon and rookies well and that obviously Tariq stevenson is a rookie so we're not really sure what we're gonna get but you know it definitely helps to have the safeties that he has behind him and then you look at our linebacking core you know the bears were the 10th defense before they got roquan smith so we compare it to the team now with jermaine edmonds and tj edwards and jack sanborn i think that, i think our linebacking core is you know, has the potential to lead a top 10, top 15 defense. Now, as far as the defensive line goes, they don't have anything proven. But to me, I don't think 2022 has anything to do with this current team because Justin Jones is the only lineman from last year that's on the team this yep. year and was the best one. And obviously the, the bar is low there. But the fact that we kept the one who was half decent and then replaced replace everybody else you know they do have to prove it but I, I wouldn't be surprised if our defense landed somewhere in that top 10 top 15 range I mean yeah that is a good sign because like along with Jones you had Travis Gibson and now you know we'll get to it but the depth chart you see where he's at now so yes there has I will agree there's been improvements all the way across the board I guess it's just more of we kind of have to see it because a lot of new guys. So we don't know a lot of unproven, but like on paper, I could see as being top 15. I just need to see it on the field. And I guess I've been disappointed too much as a Bears fan to be too, <laughs> be too optimistic here. So I, I, I think I, I lean towards both of you kind of in the middle. I think, I think top 15, I, I think that would be um, probably the ceiling, but I, like I said, I would love to be shocked and, um, like I said, I think they are probably a year or two away from really getting into that top like echelon of defenses yeah. just because of the youth on the roster, you know. Um, but anyway, speaking of, you know, training camp and everything, let's go ahead and switch over to that now. Um, we're going to go to the offensive side of the ball, something that um, Herb Howard um, does. He's uh, he's on the beat. Awesome guy. He um, talks about Chase Claypool every practice. He has a, It's called the Chase Claypool beater. He kind of gives his own breakdown um, and a percentage, um, I guess, of confidence surrounding Chase Claypool. And depending how he performs, it either goes up or it goes down. Right now, I think it's just continued to um, increase. It's gone up every practice. So right now he has uh, Tuesday practice, which is August 8th, is kind of what we're recapping as far as training camp. Everything that's happened up until now um, is what we'll discuss. And today he had um, the Claypool meter at 73%. Uh, he was a full participant, unpadded practice, of course, um, no real splash, splash plays is what he kind of noted. Um, most important ability is availability, which is huge, especially like, and you can say that to Tevin Jenkins, a lot of people on this roster at least. Um, mm -hmm. Now, Deke, 
something uh, we want to go ahead and implement here on the pod is our own Chase Claypool meter. Uh, so shout out to Herb for kind of making this uh, reality, this idea. So Deke, in regards to Chase Claypool, everything you've seen, everything you've heard, um, your own analysis, kind of give me a percentage of zero to one hundred percent, and then give me a reason as to you know what supports that uh, percentage in regards to Chase Claypool. Okay, is is it currently where I'm at now? Right now. Yep. <laughs> All right. So right now, if I had to throw a percentage number from zero to one hundred. I would put it at a, I, I, I kind of want to say somewhere around like 85%. Um, I think that's really uh, bullish of me for the simple fact that I feel like last year did not go as planned, but I understand at the same time that it is a very difficult offense to learn as it is. He was thrown into it midseason whatever the case may be, he was injured, didn't have chemistry. And a lot of people don't really talk about this either, but he had four different quarterbacks last year between Mitch Trubisky. Um, what is their other quarterback's name? Uh, oh, Pickett. The rookie. Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, yeah. Justin Fields, um, and Nathan Peterman, and um, Trevor Simeon. So he played with like five different quarterbacks last season. So I'm willing to throw out last season, but this year – Everything that happened with OTAs is like, okay, whatever. He started on PUP right before camp, but then he was taken off of it less than 24 hours. And I think, you know, he had maturity issues in his past. And while he was in Pittsburgh, I didn't really like a lot of the things that I've seen. But I think one thing that's different with him this season is that he is on a contract year and he knows it and he's well aware of it. And I don't think... He's not he's not dumb enough to just throw away future his life. I mean, this is the he can prove himself to get the, a life-changing contract and I don't think he's dumb enough to just throw that away being too immature. So I think he's going to give it absolute his absolute all. It just comes down to how how is Luke Getzey going to scheme up the offense and how how many opportunities how many plays are going to be drawn up specifically for Chase Claypool? And when, you know, when everything falls apart, how much is Justin Fields going to be be relying on Chase Claypool to make a play? So overall, I would say I'm about 85% confident that he's going to have a, have a great year this year. I thought I like 85 is high, but I like that. Yeah, that's I, I agree with I'm that. I'm not mad about um, it. You mind if I go, if I take this one, Fick? And then I'll yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, first of all, Deke, I, I like what you mentioned in regards to Chase Claypool coming over last season and how difficult it was of a transition. You know, one, the quarterbacks, but two, just the position in general. A lot of people compare Roquan Smith and how he was able to make such an impact, you know, in Baltimore, but it's the same scheme. And then I think we can all agree, you know, the linebacker position is not nearly as complex um, as the receiver, um, just based on how he has to come into a new offense, brand new to him, and learn an entire different language. Um, and like I said, the quarterback is a huge thing. You got to get chemistry. So I think last year is kind of a wash in regards to kind of, you know, any value or, you know, adding um, anything of importance to it. But this year in regards to just the offseason and now how he's performing um, at a pretty high level, just in regards to like Chase Clay or DJ Moore is getting a lot of the the talk and, and the buzz and rightfully so. But then you got Chase Claypool, which every single practice you hear about him and just how it continues to grow, how he's making those plays. And yes, he's had a couple drops or he's, you know, had some issues, you know, 
but the intensity's there. You know, the offense was needing a spark because of that one report, what, a couple practices ago in regards to the defense all over the offense, chirping at him. And then you have Chase Claypool, you know, setting the tone after getting hit, which we found out wasn't a giant hit, but it still yeah. was after. <laughs> it still was after, you know, you know, he was out of bounds. So, yeah, but but the fact that he's like, you know, the intensity and he's bringing that level that Justin was talking about, how he – one, he needs to bring it as well, but he wants his teammates to kind of match that. And so in regards to my confidence, Chase, Cl- Chase Claypool, I've kind of been high on him um, just because of last last year and how um, even though it didn't work out, I, I have all the confidence in him. But I think 85 is pretty high, so I'm going to go about – I'll go 82. You know, I want to go 85, but I'll go 82%, just a little bit below. Um, I really, really think he's having a great camp. Um, I like one of the biggest things. I had a bold prediction in, in one of my writings for SM was it. I think it was three or four predictions about mini camp or training camp was that if he can stay healthy, that was my bold prediction. I think he's going to stay healthy all the way through camp and he's going to be ready to go um, come the the regular season. And, and with Claypool, there are a little bit nagging injuries here and there, at least since he's been in Chicago. So. If that comes to fruition, it'll be good just for not only us fans, but Justin Fields and that entire offense. So, Ficky, man, where's your confidence? I, I really actually have no idea what you're going to say. <laughs> That's what we love. Well, you know, not to be the pessimistic, I'm not really like I'm high on Claypool. I'm just not as high as y'all. And again, it comes to I just got to see it. Like, it's hard for me. Like, I like I've always liked the Claypool signing. When we traded for him, I thought that was a, a great trade. He, and people complain about, like, oh, it was a 30-second pick. At the time, we didn't have DJ Moore. We didn't know we were going to get the first overall pick. We had no idea that we were going to suck that much. You remember, I think at that point, what, week seven, we got him. We had won already three games. I think we were, like, three and four. I don't think that they expected we were going to lose every single game <laughs> after the Claypool trade, right? So the trade made sense at the time. I'm not mad about that. He's a physical specimen this man we talk about the government just talked about aliens are real it's like bro we see one on the field weekly (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm talking about like if there is one it is that guy right there so i i i am all for claypool but i'm gonna say just because we haven't seen him seen it live at least with this team i'm gonna have to go like 75 percent. but i think that's pretty good for like what we've seen so far i i more positive than negatives positives you've seen the connection like i feel like from Lisa reports, Fields to him, this seems like a trustworthy connection we've been seeing. And he's been catching more. He's been more impressive catches than like drops. Like we're thinking about like Tyler Scott. There's been a lot of talks about drops. With Chase, we're not really seeing that, right? Are they as flashy of plays as like a DJ Moore? No, but I don't care. Like you're getting open, you're catching the ball and you're building trust. Cause that's one of the biggest things that Claypool needs to, to have, I think to have a successful season because DJ Moore, we already know that's already happened. Mooney's played with Fields for years. So DJ's, I mean, so uh, Chase is the odd man out. So it's like if he can get that confidence as well, plus you have confidence. We already know he has confidence with um, Cole Komet. So you have four players that you feel like you can trust. Oh, this offense will thrive because he can make quicker decisions knowing I know this ball is going to go here. I know my receiver is going to be here. And so a lot of those third downs, which we couldn't convert last time, will get converted, which will lead to extended drives, which will lead to more points. So overall, I'm happy with Claypool. He, like you said, another important thing, he's been available. He hasn't been injured. He's been out every, you know, every day for training camp. And I, and Deke, you said something that was very, very important. I said this from the start, right? This man has an opportunity to get generational money to change his life. Don't ever think he's going to fuck that up. This man is giving his all in 
on the field, off the field, because he is trying to get that bag. And I wouldn't even, I mean, just, it makes sense, right? I don't care your reasoning for it. If you perform on the field, I'm happy either way. If it's for you to get that bag with another team, like I can't control that, but that man is working. And he's even admitted to it in one of his press conferences. He said, this is the biggest year of my life. So we're going to see the best version of Claypool. If that is good enough to keep on the team, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm actually excited to see what he can do. So 75, maybe by the start of the season, I'm at 80, 85 with y'all. Y'all probably still be higher than me, but I'm cool with where I'm at. Man, once he scores, you know, two touchdowns in week one, I'll be at about a hundred percent, maybe 99%. (laughs) Uh, But no, I think another thing is just the receiving room in general is, it, it's if he's not you know wide receiver two behind dj Moore, that's just such a testament to how great of an offseason this truly was i i think you touched touched on it last um episode when we talked about yannick and that addition and how great of an offseason it's been and you said i was going through the transactions that happened and you said whoa 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 go back to even the chase claypool trade because that really is kind of the start you know obviously yep. it didn't pan out like we all kind of just mentioned but he really is this is his first year and so if that wide receiver room can be like, you know, DJ Moore, obviously de facto number one, but then it's like Claypool one week, Mooney the other, back and forth. They're just pushing pushing each other. It's just so – that's going to be so good for just this offense. Um, now, one – I'll say one area, right, that I am like high on, right, for like top 15, easily wide receiver group. Like I could see them creeping in back half of top 10. There's some really good ones up top five, so I don't think we can get there just yet, especially they have yeah. like the elite quarterbacks. So that's going to be a little bit tough because that goes into it. But I think Fields has plenty of weapons, which was obviously in polls. Like this was purposely done by polls to get rid of the excuses. But he has plenty of weapons this year to really shine. So along with the running game, like which was top three last year, it should be a good year. And that's that all we've ball. kind of asked for, you know, as far just give him just no excuses, you know. Um, yeah. Deke, uh, Deke, do you think the Ryan Poles, just real quick before we move into just uh, more about training camp, but do you think Poles has done enough just to kind, of, to kind of surround him with enough weapons, talent on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, so I think I think he's definitely done enough to kind of – well, obviously he didn't get the number one pick on uh, – he didn't plan on getting that. So oh, I did think he? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we lucked into DJ Moore, but – I think Ryan Poles did a good job of staying disciplined while still adding enough talent around him. I'm not going to lie. I am still kind of iffy on the offensive line. Um, I'm as high on this team as anybody. But also, you know, trying to be realistic here, I do think there's going to be games where we're going to run into a team that's going to absolutely dominate our offensive line. And Justin Fields is going to have to run for his life, essentially. Um, can he do what Joe Burrow did and t- take us all the way to the Super Bowl with no offensive line? I'm not quite sure. But uh, last year, Justin Fields put up, what, 30 points per game in like a month stretch with yeah, four games. the offensive line being bad, with no weapons. So I think even with the offensive line it's not really having continuity because I'm it's, I'm not even going to say it's bad. I mean, we have the talent there. It's just a matter of staying healthy and being consistent. Um, So even if there are some woes there, I still think our offense has enough firepower to put up points. And it's just going to come down to the defense as well. And like Tyler Scott, he has a little bit of 
a drop issue going on, which he, he he's had in college. But the good thing about him that reporters are saying is that he's getting open every single day. He's burning, nice. burning our best cornerbacks. It's not like he's just going up against rookies. So even all the way down to our wide receiver four or five, like this offense is talented. So I think it's going to be hard to keep the Bears out of the end zone. We're going to have our moments where – Justin Fields is going to throw interceptions. He's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers and only throw three interceptions all season. I, I hate to say it. Nah, he's going to yeah, throw. It's not happening. He's going to get sacked. The offensive line is going to allow sack. Cody Whitehair is going to have some bad snaps. So it's not going to be perfect. But for a team that I think should be striving for at the very least a wild card spot, I think we're good for a solid 9-10 wins off the strength of Justin Fields and, and the weapons that Ryan Poles has, has added. Deke, are you saying a team that was three and fourteen may not be so perfect the following year after that? Interesting. Wow, I, I that's, thought, a, that's a hot take, huh? <laughs> and, and and for some reason, you know this the concept of improving a lot while still not being perfect, but you can still improve a lot. And yeah, oh, we did for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm <laughs> with just improving, and I've been saying this all offseason. I want to make the playoffs, but. I will be happy with at least my my floor is one game out of the playoffs. If we miss the playoffs by one game, I'm happy. We in the hunt. You want to in the that. hunt? We all the way till 17. Yeah, yeah. We in the hunt all the way through. Yep. Starting like that's 10 all the way through. That's exactly where I stand too. I mean, that, that's just, just a, you know, uh, a fun season because you're always in it. You know, I think the vision is wide open. I think we all agree with that. Like you don't, we yeah. don't know who's going to, we have, you know, a favorite, maybe the Lions, but we've heard that before, you know, um, so now speaking of just practice training camp today, I want to kind of go over who was there, who wasn't, who participated. Um, so two notable players that were back, um, Jack Sanborn uh, was at practice. And so was Nate Davis. Um, Bears not in pads who just weren't participating <clears throat> were uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, which he just recently had his kid, I believe. Um uh, so, I mean, that's a pretty good reason to not be there, um, and he should be fine. But Kyler Gordon, uh, Brisker, Terrell Smith with a rookie, which I think he's fine. I, I don't, I didn't hear anything about him being banged up. Um, and then Demarcus Walker, Lucas Patrick, which is concerning a little bit, Tremaine Edmonds, Dylan Cole, Roshan Johnson, and then Dante Pettis, NFI, of course. And then uh, another big name that was present that did practice, um, you might have heard of him, uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Is that right, Vicky? Yeah, I'm always Yannick. gonna. Yannick. 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 I'm yeah. going to get that right. I have to get that right. But Yannick <laughs> um, was present. So first of all, I just want to go ahead and talk about Nate Davis. There's been some concern. He's missed some practice. Um, it looks like maybe he's getting some vet days. Um, there hasn't been a lot of clarity. Um, he was there today. I, I believe he was practicing um, fully. Um, but out of all these names, are you concerned with anyone that just might not be participating now as far as maybe an injury or anything like that, Deke? Yeah, so um... – trying not to jump off of the ship with with Nate Davis I was kind of concerned just for the fact that he was out for so much and yeah. after being all of voluntary OTAs um I'm not going to say that I'm concerned with his specific injury I, I think he's going to be good to go at at least for week one knock on wood bearing he gets further injured but I won't say that I'm concerned with anything going on right now, but I am concerned moving into the future. Nate Davis missed four games last season. Cody Whitehair missed some games last season. Lucas Patrick missed some games last season. And Tevin Jenkins missed games last season. So it's like 
pretty borderline impossible to think that our interior offensive line is going to play all 17 games. So I, I do have some concern there as far as like our depth. Um, I know the, the front office has high hopes for Jatari Carter um, at right guard. Alex Leatherwood is kind of like on uh, at last chance you with us for left guard. <laughs> That's a good description. Um, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned because, again, like, we don't want Justin Fields running for his life. Um, but, I mean, overall, I don't think I'm concerned as a whole on a 17-game uh, time frame. I think we'll be fine, but there will be some rough weeks. Uh, I'm just in anticipating that, and if there isn't, I will be more than happy if everybody stays healthy. Thank God. But I'm just anticipating it. I I'm expecting at least a, a week or two or, or hopefully not too many weeks but i'm expecting some injuries to kind of bite us in the butt yeah i mean injuries just are it's part of the game it's gonna happen it's uh, a Vicky, violent sport um, <laughs> yeah it's a violent sport and those o-linemen and d-linemen are just gnawing at the jaw of each other so like absolutely. i agree with you Deke. it's we're, we're bound to have some so unlike the montgomery brawl i'm not jumping off the ship right so <laughs> <laughs> so um and that is because like this is all undisclosed. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, what's the reasoning? There could be so many reasons to why they are not, you know, practicing, right? Veterans Day could be a little tweak here or there. I have no idea. So at this point, it's just me making assumptions and freaking myself out. And I've learned in the past, that's not a fun experience. So I'm not going to do that. Now, if we get to week one and we see that injury list, right? You know, on Thursday, whenever they release it and I see like a bunch of names, then I'm freaking out. Like, because I'm like, wait a minute, you undisclosed it. And then now you're saying, hey, it's hip, it's thigh, it's et cetera. Then I'm be freaking out because I already had kind of told myself that, oh, everything's going to be fine. You know, butterflies and rainbows. In reality, it's not. Now, it's a long season, like Deke said. So how long are they out? That's important. What's the injury? You know what I mean? The the, the How critical it is. And then uh, I will say, you know, it's not like our depth is great. But if we're going to talk about improvements, our depth from last year, <laughs> please, night and day so at least you know we have some people that can fill in right so don't want injuries we can't control it but if it happens i do feel a little better that you know maybe we can still finesse a win here or there compared to last year we lose someone it's like well game's over basically <laughs> like we didn't really have you talk about last chance you we had people who probably could make last chance you <laughs> last year right so it, so again, we'll have to take it day by day with like most injuries and kind of see where we're at when we get, you know, closer to the season. Cause what we still have, what, three weeks of preseason, three games and an extra week in between week one. Week we're a two, month, so we're yeah, a, month. About a month away. Yeah. So ask me again in like three weeks and I'll let you know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> All very good points. So we'll, we'll go ahead and I want to move on to kind of Justin Fields, which we kind of haven't talked about him a lot, which is crazy, but He's having a pretty good camp. You know, some days are good. Some days are, are you know, okay. But I think he, him and the defense, him and uh, the offense are battling with the defense going back and forth, which is good. That's what a healthy camp it looks like, in my opinion. Because like you said, Justin, he had a long, elaborate, you know, conversation um, with one of the reporters talking about how there isn't a game plan. You know, we don't game plan our defense. We go out there, we have a set um, amount of plays that we want to just get through. Um, but one thing that, was popular today just in regards to training camp um greg braggs jr you love him one of the best in the business but he's 
he's saying that he has some concern about Justin Fields um, and his deep ball, which for me, Uh-oh. I have a very passionate Uh-oh. response to Uh-oh. this. So but, with the um, eye roll with Deke, I think he's got one too, Deke, so I'm going to start with Deke here. Um, and what is your thoughts? Like his, he's obviously there's an emphasis on the short game, um, but his vertical passing, there's some concern. And Braggs is saying he's just not seeing enough. And typically he sees a lot more. Um, and so Deke, in regards to all this, man, where do you stand on this? Are you concerned? Is this, what is it? Yeah. So I understand what, Braggs is saying he, he's saying that you as a team you'd want to practice what you're going to do on game day but I just think that's that that's just not reality uh, I, I believe everyone knows that Justin Fields biggest weakness is being decisive not well not being decisive enough not being quick enough not going through his reads not thinking quick enough and my biggest concern was that when you look at and, and I did a whole highlight reel I looked through every single fields play that I could possibly find from last season and the one thing that like kind of bothered me was that a lot of his star run plays you see a guy that's open and it's like dude I love you I love the runs like the, the highlights are great. I have a great time watching you. But, like, bro, Khalil Herbert is right there. <laughs> so, like, I'm fine with us spending every single practice with Justin Fields doing nothing but checkdowns and short routes. That's fine. The deep ball is there. It's been there since he was in high school. It doesn't just vanish just because he hasn't practiced it in two weeks. What, we're on practice number 11 and his deep ball is just gone? Like, that's just not <laughs> Uh, so I'm not concerned one bit from the deep ball. I I understand what he what he is getting at as far as we you'd want to practice, you know what we would like to see on a game day. But I feel like it would be more beneficial to Justin Fields if he learns how to pick a defense apart on the underneath, and then that opens up the deep ball. You don't need I don't need Justin Fields to practice hitting DJ Moore on a 50-yard go route when he's wide open. What What is there to practice? Like, <laughs> he's going to hit the pass. Like, yeah, he, he did all, it with Dante Pettis last year, so I think he can do it with DJ Moore. Like, <laughs> Practice all the small things, and the small things are what open up the big things. And he hasn't mastered the small things yet. He's getting a lot better. He's way better at it, but he hasn't mastered it yet. So don't complain when he when we're working on his biggest weakness. Like it, the deep ball is his strength. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you nailed that perfectly. I, another thing I want to add on to it before we go to you, Ficky, here. Um, first of all, we love Greg. Um, I love oh, his yeah, reporting. I, I love reading his Like I said, one of the best in the business. I love that he's getting a chance to kind of get on that media side. But one thing I think that we need to remember as well is the defense. There is no run game right now. So the defense is really just playing back. They're in a shell. They're just. They're ready for the pass. They know that they're not going to run. They're, Justin's legs is not, or they're not nearly as a threat as like a live regular season game. Or you have Roshan or Herbert coming at you when you know twelve personnel and everything like that. You just you don't have those that threat as far as the run game. So the defense is just being able to relax, you know, and obviously predict pass every single time for the most part because like Justin's like they said there, there's an emphasis right now on that short intermediate game and the deep ball. Fields isn't perfect, but we both we all know damn near that he is one of the best in in the game already. Um, obviously, still a lot to prove. He has to go out there and do it. He has to hit those you know those easy ones. Um, he has to hit DJ Moore in stride um, and everything like that. But Ficky, um, I'm sure you kind of feel the same. But do you have any other additional thoughts in regards to like just the deep deep throws and the lack of like 
absence there? No, training camp is to improve your weaknesses. I mean, like you want to improve everything overall. I get that. But right. if I remember last year correctly, and we've said all the time on this on the podcast, intermediate throws across the middle, easy dump downs. Was not were not good at that last year. Like he just wasn't. He you was know what plays I do? Yeah, you know what plays I do remember? Mooney one-handed 40-yard bomb. Dante <laughs> Pettis quarter of the end zone Thursday night football or, or Sunday night. I can't remember. Deep ball to Nikhil Harry uh, against Jair Alexander. Like, I remember the deep plays because he connects on them pretty well. You know, deep ball to a post, uh, corner route to uh, Cole Komet. The Bills, Valus Jones, deep crosser. Like, I remember the deep balls because normally when you threw it deep, I was like, oh, yeah. I couldn't see where it was going, but I was like, oh, this is about to be fun. You know what I mean? I had more trust in that than when the man took three steps back and did a quick throw. I'm like, I, I don't know what this is about to fucking be. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so I'm not too concerned about what they're working on and what we're not seeing in training camp. And again, like this is – I think Fields came out and said it. There's no scheme. They're not scheming against the defense, right? Like you said, this is if this is Madden, they're guessing pass every time, which is fine. You know what I mean? So – it's yeah. not a full representation of what we're going to see on the field. No, I can't tell you what that's going to be. Like maybe there are some struggles with the deep ball we see this year, but to make that assumption. And, and I ask, I don't think uh, Braggs was saying like, he's super, super from my understanding, I could be per uh, perceiving this wrong, but it felt like he was just more like, Oh, we saw more of this last year. I kind of expected we kind of see the same, you know, cause we have better weapons, but I don't think it's like I don't think I'm not too concerned about it to Can be I, honest. Hey, yeah, please. I, I, so I, I've interacted with Braggs a lot, and I, he's he's the king of the of the meatballs. He, he is just one. <laughs> he just wants to see highlights. That's his big. <laughs> yeah. And when people challenge him, that just pushes him to double down on his point even further. <laughs> Amen. It's true. It makes for good content, though. though, so I'm not mad about it. No, it's great. That's It's good to talk about. But uh, you know what? You know, I'd rather see that weakness get improved because I think those intermediate, those short drop-offs, drop those are going – like, the big plays are great. They're big plays. They're highlights. But what, make, like, extends drives is like, oh, it's third and three, and we've run a slant to DJ Moore. Like, good. Or drop-off to Cleo Herbert, and he gets four yards. Good. You know what I mean? Those are the plays we need compared to like having to always rely on throwing deep. Like we'll set, like you said, Deke, you said it perfectly. We'll set it up, you know, run short game, play action deep. Boom. Look who's wide open. DJ Moore, 60 yards, touchdown. We win the game. So, and I'll, and I think they'll make those plays better too. So I'm not too concerned. And then we're not even factoring in the fact that he can run the ball. So, you know, when when Justin gets going with his legs, the linebackers are going to be leaned forward. The defense is going to be leaned forward. Like the there's exactly. so much that we don't even see in we we don't even do in practice. Like we're we only see a fraction of what we're actually going to run in the season and, and how Justin Fields' legs and how the short game is just going to open up things that you can't even simulate in practice if you tried. I hope they keep the RPO. Like, I want to see more RPO because think about that. You have someone who can work short, intermediate, center of the field, DJ Moore, so you can do a quick. You obviously have a, a great running back room, right? A great running scheme with that uh, a zone running, right? That's a Shanahan tree, mm -hmm. which we saw last year, top five. So you can continue that. And then you have Fields, who's the best running quarterback in the league. So what's a linebacker to do? What decision does he make? Does he tackle, go down on the running back? Does he bite on fields or does he guard a slant that's coming across the middle? So 
I want to see actually more of that because I think that will really open up our offense. Let's channel like some third down short plays like this. So it'll be interesting to see. You guys nailed it. Um, like I said, shout out to Braggs. He's doing a great job, but it, it is a good conversation. I think he's great at just creating that, especially on Twitter. Um, good conversation. So let's go ahead and move over to the Bears 2023 unofficial uh, depth chart, which is funny because we had one at like really early. Um, and Who's I guess it was released this? a little too. Yeah, someone leaked it a little too early, Fishbane, and uh, ended up being, you know, sent some people into a uh, kind of spiral. I was shocked too because we had Roshan Johnson, for those that five. don't know. Yeah, at number five in the depth chart in it, behind um, Herbert. Um, who was it? Foreman, uh, Foreman, Ebner, uh, uh, Homer. Yeah. So he was like yeah, last. So he was just all the way, yeah, all the way back there. Anyways, long story. Wait, you want to hear? You want to hear a hot take? You want to hear a hot take? Or I guess a con controversial. I, I wonder if what was released was actually what they think of the players, but not what the actual depth chart is. Like, so maybe that's no what Poles has in his office, and he's like, "Well, you know, I really think that like this is where it's at, <laughs> but we'll put him at three for now." You know what I mean? Was, that's that's my hot take. I'm on some controversial stuff. Interesting. So. I mean, in it, that's interesting. So. Anyways, though, I don't think so because Roshan Johnson, they've been pretty high on him, but it is that is a good uh, he wouldn't. Know, I mean, realistically, conspiracy. though, I know I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to s s stir the pot here, but yeah, he drafted him, so I doubt he would put him five over people he <laughs> didn't draft. He's obviously more talented than Ebner and Homer as well, so I don't understand the first of all, who's I'm, leaking a depth chart? So, That's the such a weird leak one. I heard the Bears released the wrong one on accident. Well, yeah. how was that wrong? It goes like, on their like, website. Okay. So was it wrong in like the editing or like no, was that? I think, I think that was the depth chart going into either going into camp or mm. it just wasn't the update. That, that Dated. Was the Outdated. Wasn't, yeah, yeah. Because, and I said on one of Dave's um, tweets when he talked about it, Roshan Johnson had a pretty bad start to camp. I mean, he had a fumble, he had a drop pass, and then he got injured and missed a bunch of days. So, it didn't really surprise me that he was running back five, especially dealing with the injuries. I just figured they were just going to make him work his way back up. I didn't think it was something where he would stay there, but it, it, it didn't really surprise me. That makes way more sense. Also a rookie, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. Flus has talked about like you have to earn it. You know what I mean? I mean, they put Jalen Johnson at four last year when he you know, <laughs> didn't show up. So I could definitely understand that. That makes way more sense than my, uh, my conspiracy theory. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was, think. Yeah. Can you guys? Can you guys go ahead and yeah. see the depth chart here? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So, here's what I am. Uh, I just have it on the screen here. This is from Fishbane. He tweeted it. This is the correct one. So I just want to kind of go through it um, and discuss some of the things. So we'll go ahead and just do, do some shockers. You know what? What surprises you first of all, Deke? Um, just in regards to the depth chart. Um, give us a couple players that, you know, maybe you thought would have been higher, maybe lower, um, just regards to the – again, this is unofficial, but it is depth chart and it is that time of the year where we just get to kind of talk football. So, Deke, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, so first and foremost, the very first thing that jumps off is Travis Gibson is all the way buried at the bottom of the depth chart. Yep. That completely blew me out of the – I thought he was going to be at the very least like the backup defensive end or even like – like third string would have been like dang he's he's fell but but fourth string defensive end that's just that 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 blew my mind and then Kendall Vildor I honestly I thought he had a better season last year I think last year was the best year of his career 
on a defense that was picked by, picked apart by every single team he played anyway. So understandable, but I didn't hear much from him from camp. But to see he's seemingly cornerback number 10 on the roster, I mean, I, I look at it as Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor both are on a contract season. Everybody's talking about Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet who got his and so forth and so on, all the big guys. But Kendall Vildor and Travis Gibson are on contract years too. So this is a prove-it year for them, whether it be, you know, staying with the Bears or like we talked about with Chase Claypool, potentially making money with other teams as well. I feel like that's a situation where it would be kind of a dis disservice to them to bury them in the depth chart on a contract year. So I looked at that as well. Like they're probably going to get cut. So I, I think they're going to, I don't think they make the 53 man roster. Then you look at the uh, special teams. The one thing that was interesting to me was that Tyler Scott was on the first edition of the depth chart for a kick returner and punt returner. And then on the second edition, they took him off as the punt returner. I think that's a product of him muffing back-to-back -back punts during practice. And with Bayless Jones having that position on lock, I think they're just focused on getting Tyler Scott's uh, mental right to play wide receiver. Um, the only other thing on the – on no, the defense, the rest of the defense was pretty much what I expected. And then the offense, the only thing that kind of stood out to me is that Tyler Scott – is behind well originally they had tyler scott as like wide receiver six and then they changed it um yeah. with jones being the backup wide receiver above dante pettis i'm not really sure if that's a testament of valus having a good camp or dante pettis just being on the non-football list and he hasn't been at camp at all so nope. i can't really tell there i mean valus has had drops during camp as well but he also had you know highlight plays so it's going to be interesting to see who that fourth wide receiver is because the team loves Equinemia St. Brown, he's going to be the first guy in on blocking plays. That's no surprise. Sure. But as far as far as like passing plays go, and, and there's so many combinations of how the depth chart is going to be worked. Like cornerbacks, the depth chart has Kyler Gordon as cornerback two, and then you see Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith as the two backup cornerbacks. But we're going to be a nickel for the majority of the time, so Kyler kicks in to nickel. So the depth chart doesn't really reveal who comes in at cornerback first. So they did that on purpose for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wide on the first edition of the depth chart, they only had two wide receivers. And then on the second yeah. day, third. So I think that is also kind of telling as far as how they really viewed everybody. But then they were like, all right, let's just not caught, you know, not stir the pot. <laughs> Oh, they're super buried down. But, yeah, not too many surprises for me. The two biggest ones is Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor, like, for sure. Interesting. Vicky, you want to go first? You want me? I can go because mine is not yeah. really much added on because it's exactly oh, yeah. that. I, Travis Gibson, you, I was like, yeah, he was. It, I was Travis like, Gibson, everything. I was – yeah, he did. He did. He did. It's not really Just much checking I Checking my add. box, checking everything I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say is not really – I guess a good surprise really is that Valus is the part returner as well, right? Because Adam Hogue was saying like, because he's a special teams coach, so he always tries to pay attention to special teams. And he was yeah. saying like, mostly throughout camp, he hasn't caught everything, but not not Valus hasn't caught anything. He hasn't caught all of the special teams, but he says he hasn't really seen Valus muff a punt. So, mm. and we know that cost us two games last year. That man muffed, what, three punts, I think? So in two of them, he didn't recover. So I think that's good because... 
as we know, with the ball in his hands with space, that he could be a threat. So I think that's that was the first thing I saw. And I was like, ooh, that's a good sign. Like stock up for Valus Jones. Also, we saw him, you know, wide receiver was at four, maybe five. I don't know if Scott's above him or whatnot, but yeah. that's also a stock up. So Valus, I know he's had some drops and things like that, but how he's going to be used is not just like as a pure wide receiver, as we know. So that was like a good call out. And then again, to go back to Trevor's gifts and just to double down on it, like he did not have a good year last year, but I thought he would have like, you know, shown something, but obviously not. So not only is it that Trevor Gibson's like, let's be real dog water compared to this depth chart, right? Just absolute dog water. It's the fact that Dominique Robinson is pretty high. He's right behind Walker. And is that a little bit, this is where I kind of get into like the GMs of like, they. it's hard for me to be like, are you putting favoritism? I'd hope not. Right. But it's like you did pick Dominique Robinson. You didn't pick Travis Gibson. So obviously you're going to put a little bit more stock into that pick. But I'm hoping that Dominique Robinson maybe is just coming into his own because remember, that was a X wide receiver, X quarterback, but had a body that could easily play defensive end and had the athletic ability to do so. He just kind of had to hone in on the fundamentals. So hopefully we can see that with him. So that'll be good. I'm. Uh, I know some people were expecting that Jervon uh, would be starter. I, I'm not surprised the rookies are not starter. I kind of like them at the second string there. So I'm kind of happy with that. And then really everything else kind of aligns with what we've been told. So there's really no other surprises for me personally. So I, I agree with everything you guys just said. I don't even know. I have a few things here that I wrote down that I think that weren't touched on. One, um, very, I mean, Darnell Wright. I think one thing about like, you know, you can look back at Justin Fields' rookie year. Obviously, it's a quarterback, quarterback position. So sometimes, you know, rosters or, you know, coaches, they want to take it easy, ease him into it. But with Darnell Wright, there's no, you know, they're just like, hey, he's starting. You know, there's going to be he's gonna have one. to learn the hard way. Day one, there's just no mystery. He's getting all the snaps, he's getting all the reps, and even though that's little, um, I just I'm, I'm I like it. I think that's competence, you know, in my opinion. Now, if he really wasn't ready, that's a different story. But obviously, he already could show even in college they aren't football reps, but against some of the best you know defensive players, he shut them down. Um, Will Anderson, right? Um, I think is yep. the tape against him. It was phenomenal. So. That's one one of my points. Um, the second is just the amount of like second stringers. Like some of these guys are not starting now, but they were last year. Mm. And that's that right there. That that's probably the biggest takeaway from this one is just the roster overhaul. I think there's like 14 new. I think 14 free agents were brought in, and now we have 14 new starters or something like that. And just the fact that some of these guys, especially on offense, but also defense. We're starting. This is Fields was playing with second stringers. If you look at this roster, that's kind of what it's saying, you know. And we all kind of talked uh, touched on it last year. Um, you know, what well, is look he at the defense, with? Dave. Well, look at the defense. Yeah. Like, like Deke mentioned, it's Kendall Vilder, crazy starter, starter. He's now CB ten, right, or CB nine, whatever. Ross Travis bubble. Gibson, Seriously. starter, right. Now you're on the bubble to get cut. So when we talk about team improvement from a roster standpoint and depth absolutely it's not even close it's night and day we have way more competition in here way more talent which is good it's just that we you know we just hope to see it work on game days so but yeah it's it's ridiculous and that and that was what polls came to do he came in said hey see you later to all you guys all you old guys get out we're losing every freaking game i don't care what people say we put on he put on his hard hat and tanked all right because that's what we did 
And he said, let me restart with this cap. And, and then, you know, what's good is he also built flexibility. We talked about this uh, last, last time, Dave, but he has flexibility uh, for next year with the multiple picks. And I think we're like going to be second in cap space as of now. So it's like, we're just going to see this roster improve and improve. And we're going to see, we're going to have more of these discussions where it's like, we're looking at the depth and some people that started this year will come back next year and be like, wow, he's, why is he uh, DN number four? You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see. I agree with that. I mean, uh, the defense also, another thing I want to touch on is just the the second you, like, I know we, I think Deke, you said you were kind of concerned about the offensive line, but if you look here, I mean, that second unit, if everyone's healthy, Patrick is, he kind of scares me um, just because last year, the injury, and now it's like already kind of, you know, rearing its ugly head again, again, it's early, but it is a little concerning, but the second unit with, you know, Larry Borum, back there lucas patrick leatherwood we don't know exactly what he is you know could he be a diamond in the rough probably not but could he be a serviceable backup backup could that be he's a first round talent two years ago so i like the depth kind of on that second unit as far as the offensive line um obviously i would love to kind of sign another guy we have the number one um pick in regards to the waiver wire up until week two right ficky um so you could add another solid veteran you know you know, offensive lineman. Um, you can, same could be said, you know, anywhere on this roster because the Bears have that luxury of having top pick all the way up until week two, which I think is huge just for adding depth. Quality depth is going to be a lot easier to obtain just because of that um, right there. Um, now, as far as Trevor Skipson, I know we kind of all touched on it, but that is a little concerning. Do you think, like, what are what do you guys give him, like, as far as, like, the, the chance or the possibility of him either being traded um, and or cut? Do you think he's no, a lot, he, like? I, he won't be traded. He no, doesn't. No, traded. no value. There's no trade value. No value. Yeah. Well, he might. Okay. So the only way I could possibly see him be traded is if Ryan Pace on the Falcons. Sends <laughs> yeah. Him just to get his guy be, to help find his career. I don't That's see facts. an NFL team in their right mind giving up anything. For, for not even not even a seventh round swap like i think no. he's just gonna yeah. have he's just gonna get cut and and some team will pick him up on the waiver the yeah. bears of the south the atlanta falcons that's facts <laughs> though i totally forgot about that they pick up a pace is like yeah i drafted you so you're coming here now so it's wild and um, yeah buddha just got injured uh pretty seriously so yeah. he might be out for some time so if we end up cutting Kim Vildor, I think the Falcons being all over him depending on how soon we do it I think for their sake like the Bears fan in me doesn't really care like depth is depth at the end of the day like it'd be nice to have them there just in case a whole bunch of injuries come but for their sake I think it'd be in their best interest to get cut as soon as possible so they yep. can prove themselves you know somewhere else that doesn't might not have as much depth at their position as we do yeah. i think you had a, a really solid tweet deke in regards to just gibson like hey if he isn't going to be a part of the the future and he's not going to get those reps and 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 a, a chance i think that's a great it was a great tweet I, i'm pretty sure it was you that kind of yeah. sent that out in regards just let gibson go you know if he's really not going to be have a, an opportunity yet. and it's weird because i've actually I, I don't know if i remember incorrectly but like maybe a week or two ago they were talking kind of highly on Gibson. So it's crazy how this league kind of changes week to week, you know. Um, he had a good practice today. I, I was reading reports, and he was winning all of his one-on-ones. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Against the four string tackle. Cause he's the four, you know what I mean? Like who's he going against? Obviously if he's the, if he's defensive end number four, is he going against the last chance you tackles, you know, the, the guys we brought in. Okay. So back, I do have two more, a few more notes on the, uh, the depth chart. I don't like our, I don't like our backup offensive line whatsoever because realistically Lucas Patrick is our backup left guard, our backup center and our backup right guard. I don't care yep. what the depth chart says. He's the first guy who comes in and yep, he can't correct himself. Um, Larry Borum. Only time I've heard of Larry Borum is when he's getting beat uh, during camp. And today the other, the backup right tackle, um, I can't, can't see it. From here, but I, I of, uh, of, of Aviante Collins, yeah, Aviante Collins, Aviante he, Collins, yeah, he was the guy that Travis Gibson and Rasheem Green was running laps around. So I, I don't really have any. I'm not gonna lie, like I hate to say, no it, faith. zero faith in our. Maybe Jatari Carter might have something just for the simple fact that we haven't seen him before, so I can't really count him out. Um, but yeah, and then one more note uh, before I guess you guys want to move on, or if you have anything else, but. The linebacking core is kind of interesting to see that I I don't know why, but I kind of assumed that Noah Sewell would be the backup strong uh, Sam linebacker behind Jack Sanborn, but he's listed as the backup middle linebacker behind Tremaine Edmonds. So that was pretty interesting to see as well. Yeah, it's. I think it's kind of like that same with uh, with Lucas Patrick. You know what I mean? It's kind of like maybe he just goes in for who yeah. like the linebacker, the linebacking core. You just like that last year. You, yeah, exactly. You just go in where someone goes down. So and that's a good thing to have that versatility. But then you have that same issue with the line where it's like, well, Lucas, you know, if Lucas isn't there. We're kind of we're kind of fucked because you're the backup for three positions. <laughs> so. Yeah, we gotta hope that O line stays healthy for sure. Cause yeah. that is definitely our like it's 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 improved a good amount, but the depth wasn't improved as much because we had to improve the starters so much, right? So Yeah, I think yeah, just maybe signing another quality veteran, similar to you know what we did with uh, Yannick, just go in and get one more. You know, they have um plenty of I think cap space still just to to spend. There might be an extension coming, uh JJ or something along those lines, but just to get another quality, you know. Well, would be good. But another thing with Justin Fields in this offensive line, you know, his mobility kind of, we saw last year, kind of buys him some time, gives him that, you know, extra um, time to just extend a play. And so if this, if this offensive line, he, I don't, he does not need a top 10 offensive line. It would be great to have one, but if you give him middle of the pack, he's going to increase that just because of his ability um, to maneuver and to escape and to buy himself that time. So if he's, if it's top 20, you know, 17, that range, and it's consistent. And he doesn't have a guy, you know, coming right up the middle. Similar to, you know, I hate to say it, but Sam Mustafer last year. Like, it was just so inconsistent snaps. And then immediate pressure um, just on the inside is just not good for a quarterback. You saw it last year, but Fields still was able to overcome that at times. And so if you give him that middle of the pack, average, obviously we all want it to be a little bit better, um, we'll be okay. You know, because Justin Man, Fields I is that guy. We don't want him running for his life. Please no, don't. Like no. running for your life because you choose to run. Not running for be. your life because you're shitting your pants because there's <laughs> everyone's – like there were so many plays last year where it's like, bro, you snap the ball and there's like two 250-pound men already like right in your face. I'm like, I no wonder you don't have trust in anyone. Like you don't even have trust that you're going to have time to like breathe after you snap the ball. So, 
yeah, we can't have that. We need to, we need, because also it goes into like him making better decisions and actually going through his reads. If he feels like the, he doesn't have that much time, he's not going to trust he can go through those reads. And then I feel like, you know, you start to get back into, you know, those bad habits, right? All those things you learned, you're not able to practice it in a real game. So we really need that line to make a, make a step up. But good thing is we do have some caps still, right? So like Dave said, veteran pickups, if people go down, we can still pick up some people, right? We we're not, we're not capped with cap. So hopefully, you know, I think, I think they're keeping that reserve like that for a reason. That's why I don't think we're going to resign or like go get another D end or another big name, something like that. Cause I think they're keeping that reserve for cases where we do have some injuries so they can bring in uh, who was it? Get them off a boat. Um, oh, he played for the Cowboys last year. Jason Peters. Jason Peters, yeah, yeah, Hall, said, Hall of Famer Jason Peters, yeah. yeah sure. So then we can make that call, get someone off the boat, get them in, and it's kind of sad that midfield. it's sad that you just said get them off a boat, and I just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure it ran through your mind too. It's just like we have this team, we love it so much, we're so invested, but the fact that we're just like those little phrases, we know kind of what we're talking about is hilarious. Um, yeah, double doing will live with me till the end of time. So yeah, that's yeah. that's the life of a Bears fan. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, I think I think we're good on the depth chart again, unofficial, but it is you know definitely feels like football's back. The fact that we're kind of debating, talking about a depth chart, um, it feels good, man. It feels good. Now let's go ahead and move over to um, we have a real football game kind of to talk about this Saturday. Oh, thank God, um, it's Bears versus Titans first preseason game. It is going to be. I believe it's at Soldier Field, correct? Yeah, it's at home, right? I think so I think it's home at 1 p.m. Central. Time, yeah, so we have something like that. Yeah, the day, August 12th, uh, kickoff 1 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Um, so it's going to be a fun one. I mean, as far as the preseason goes, we don't know how much the starters are going to play, if at all, you know, game one. Um, so I'll start here, Deke. Bears versus Titans preview. What do you do? You expect the do you want the starters to play at all? Do you want them to have a drive, maybe a you know a couple series? What do you expect? What would you like to see just from the starter standpoint? Yeah, so uh, I would like to see the starters play at the very least, um, at, at the very least one drive, uh, get their feet wet. Justin Fields is not uh, he's not a veteran. He, he's still on his rookie contract. He's not a long-term veteran quarterback. I don't think he's in the position. He's not at the point of his career where he can be sitting out preseason games altogether. So one drive would be fine. And from there, I would like. I just want to see him command the team. You know, I, I want to see him go out there and, and lead guys. I want to see him command the huddle. I want him to look like the most confident player on the field. I want him to look like the guy who knows what he's doing. I, I don't, you know... I'm not going to say the season's over if the first team doesn't score on the opening drive. Like, no, come I, on. He has first downs, you know, we go three and out. I'm, <laughs> I might start scratching my head there, but, um, you know, drive down, kick a field goal, get a couple first downs, whatever. Just get your feet wet. Just, just, you know, get used to a, a game where the defense isn't going to pull up if if they break through the offensive line. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to actually hit you. Even though it's still a preseason game, they will sack you. Um, from the defensive side of the ball, I just want to see everybody healthy and working together. Um, like, you you know, you listed off all of the injuries. It's like half of our starting defense isn't practicing right now. So I just want to see that our defense can be healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if select players won't play. So, like, Tremaine yeah. Or an, or an Eddie Jackson, um, Nate Davis, or, yeah, or even uh, Unique and Gakwe. I, I don't yeah, need 
week one. <laughs> like he's a he doesn't need to. He is in every bit of the of the word professional pass rusher. So I don't need to see him in preseason. Maybe to get his feet wet for a drive or two, but overall that that's the only thing that I would like to see. Um offense, I think across the board, all the starters should get their feet wet on offense. I, I can't think of any long term. Maybe DJ Moore, maybe yeah. DJ I don't really need to see him in pre. We don't need to show off all the goods. <laughs> yeah, nah. yeah. But hit Chase Claypool and and Darnell Mooney and Tyler Scott out there with Justin Fields, and, and, I, and I'll be okay. Out. I agree with you. Before I get to you, figure if we don't get a first down, if they do play a series or two and they don't get a first down, oh my gosh, Bears Twitter, Bears fans everywhere, <laughs> it will be a tough week not, until the next. Not just them, game. Packers, Vikings. We're gonna get it from doing the pod's gonna be bro. tough. Oh, it, just get a first down or two. Get a couple, get a splash play. But Ficky, same uh, question to you, man. How many, how many, how much do you want to play? Man, I'm so torn on preseason because I'm like the Nagy era where they didn't play at all. We saw that didn't really work out. Now, was that because of preseason or? But it was loved at the time. It It was was. loved at the time. So, but I'm like, is that because they didn't get preseason, or is that just because of who was leading the offense? Right. That's it's kind of hard to make the decision. Tom Brady played in preseason. I mean, I get it, but I'm also like, <laughs> I hate injuries. Oh my gosh. And you're yeah. risking injuries the longer they're they're out there. I don't care about a preseason game at the end of the day. Get me to week one. I don't buy tickets to preseason because I don't care. It doesn't matter for the record. So it's, it's a glorified practice in essence. So like, just like how you don't want to see your players injured in practice, we don't want to see them injured in a glorified practice either. So because of that, my little ramble there, my little rant, I'm going to say, give me... I, max minimum one drive maximum two i don't need anything more than that if you march down the field and it's a 13 uh play drive you're done cool <laughs> set you you throw a slant across the middle to dj Morey takes it to the house 60 yards all right let's run another drive here that was you know we had a great play exciting but you were barely on the field so i think it's more and i think th- this is how they treat it and a lot of nfl coaches nowadays it's more of a play count Right, then it actually is like, yeah. I mean, drive. it's a drive too, along with the play count, but it's it's more about like what transpired on the field and how long that took compared to like, you know, one, two, three, or four drives. So, I'm half we'll see joking though. here. I'm half joking here, but if it's a if they if their first play is like a sixty yard slant, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, and it's a touchdown, don't play him till week one. Let's just that high <laughs> right there. Let's ride that. We're we're fine. Um, I am joking, but. Seriously, no, I, I I'm, I'm with you though. I'm yeah, with you though. How, Yo, how star players, consistent star players, right? Let's be, are just consistent players. You've shown in, you know, year out and year in that you are going to put, you know, you're productive. Like Deke said, like Yannick, you're going to get us eight sacks. This is what you do. I don't need you on the field to risk injury. DJ Moore, we know what you are. We don't need you on the field to risk in injury. All the other ones, because our team is young. Tremaine Edmonds, you've been in the league for six years. I know you're only 25, but you've been in the ye- league. Like six years in the NFL is basically like you, you should be retired. <laughs> you know what I mean at this point? So I, I feel that let's put in the people that actually need the reps and the, are, you know, we have question marks around. And the ones where we're like, yeah, we have less about that. Like, I'm, I don't, let's not risk it. I don't care. Even as a fan perspective, I really don't care. I don't want you to get injured out there. So, sorry, but go ahead. No, I, I agree. I, I, for me, it is kind of like a, um, a snap count or like a, you know, a set number of plays that you probably want to yeah. run. Um, so, for me, I think if they don't play them this week, I'm okay with that. If the starters sit and we just get to see some of these rookies, you know, ball out, that's, that's, 
that's what I want to see because you get live action. You do get some injuries are concerned, but you get live action. Like our CBs, our, our rookie, Tyler Scott, he's going to get these reps. And so I think they're crucial. Now, as far as like week three, you know, the final preseason game, I would like to see a half maybe. Like I, that yeah. might be too much. I don't know. I think everyone kind of feels differently about this. And and you don't want to – I don't want to like – you can't like be fearful in regards to injuries. You can try to eliminate by like the play calls, the stuff that you do. And preseason is kind of already, you know, most players kind of understand, you know, we're not trying to hurt somebody. You know, there are some younger players, some bubble players that are going to go all out. But I think even they know, hey, I can't be hitting, you know, Justin Fields. Like he'll be, he'll be crucified. He might even be on a roster um, if he, you know, does something crazy in regards to just a, a weird hit. But week three or the third preseason game, I would like to see a lot more snaps. So this one, I'll be okay with, like I said, a series or two. But if they don't play, I'm not going to be too, you know, down or upset. Well, um, what's important with that too is that I think it's still exciting compared to maybe some other previous seasons is because we have a lot of young guys, right? Young guys that are going to be on the team for a minute, right? Not like some guys we just picked up. Like, yeah, but like some, we got Terrell Smith. Tyreek Stevenson, right? We got both tackles, Pickens and uh, Dexter that we can watch. We have some rookies from last year, our second years, but the last year's rookies like Dominique Robinson that we can watch, you know, Tyler Scott this year. There's a good amount that I feel like I have enough players that I, you know, that gets me excited to still watch it if none of the starters play, right? So it's not like we're an old team where it's like we just have these no names but in we, there. It's we like, have been an older up. team. You know, you go back to Facts. 2019, 2020, 2021, kind of even. You know, you do have such an influx of young talent um, that it, that it's exciting. Uh, do you kind of feel that way too? Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I would consider myself like a off-season geek. Like, yeah, I love draft season. When I oh, – when great. I Growing up, I would play Madden until 1 a.m. I'd spend the majority of my time in the offseason picking up new players. Like, I just love homegrown talent. I love new players. And I feel like Ryan Poles is just the perfect GM for me because he drafts a whole bunch of people. So Ryan Pace had drafts where he drafted five people. And here we are with 11 drafted rookies in, in – or 21 drafted rookies in the span of two years. So, like Vicky yeah. said, one of them got got stole from the Rams. I think Zach Thomas picked them, uh, got picked up by the Rams. But other than that, there's 20 players that Ryan Poles drafted that we can watch this Saturday. And for me, like the biggest one is Roshan Johnson. Um, mm, yeah, I, I, he's Tyreek Stevenson is in a competition with another rookie, but Roshan Johnson is the one rookie that like has the potential to work his way up all the way up to potentially running back number one, you know, and he can either be running back one, two, or three. So I think at like competition wise, Roshan Johnson has the most to show in preseason. So I think I'm going to be paying lots of attention to him. So hopefully they're going to give him, hopefully he's healthy because he didn't practice today. He missed a couple uh, practices last week. So Dude, don't be saying that, man. You're 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 scared me. That's what I'm talking about. These injuries in preseason, okay. man. I don't think it's gonna be anything serious because like Jaquan Brisker missed some preseason last That's year. True. He played one preseason game against the Chiefs and like dominated, but like didn't play the others because he broke his thumb. So uh, whatever is going on, I don't know what injury Roshan Johnson has, but if he 
even has the slightest bit of an injury, we're just not going to play him at all. But um, Tyler Scott, I'd like to see some flash plays from him, but I don't think there's much he can do in preseason to really like improve his, his, his spot on the depth chart. But I definitely would like to see that. Um, Darnell Wright, all eyes on him all preseason, of course, all the way throughout the season. It's always going to be all eyes on him. Um, Braxton Jones, I want to see how is he holding up against the bull rush. Um, Tevin Jenkins, some people are talking about like him switching positions. I'm not worried. It's, I think he's just fine. He's setting stone. Yeah. He's a and, dog, man. He's going to be He fun. knows another one. You know, there's another one though. Valus. I, we, we talked about Valus earlier, but I think that's another one that's going to be yeah. interesting because I well, think he'll be on kick, kick, some kick returns, some pump return, not all of them because there's going to be some other guys doing it. But it'll be interesting to see because if we think DJ Moore is not going to play, right? Let's just assume right. that. And then uh, Moody's coming off an injury still ish. I don't know. Maybe they won't play him. He probably won't play Ch- a lot. No, Chase might. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they don't with him either. Well, then now Valus is literally it's next up. Him and Tyler Scott. So, and again, we talked about those are literally this year Speed. and last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's there's enough players from the past two drafts to keep you excited to watch. I, I agree with um, all of that. I want to. We touched on Valus, and I, this brings up to my my question here. Um, and I'll let you start this time, Vicky. Um, I want who are some bears players that are under the most pressure to perform this preseason, especially maybe, you know, debut, you know, game number one. So give me like a, a couple guys. Don't take them all of that might be, you know, have a lot of pressure um, to perform and they need to, I'll, if they want to give you in on the roster. Okay. I'll give you one that hasn't been talked about. And that's Dante Pettis. He, I think if he would, if he was not on the non-football injury list or whatever the, the whatever the injury list, he would be probably ahead of uh, EQ. But since he hasn't practiced at all, he's. I think he's on the bubble to get cut. Like, we just have too many wide receivers. So if we assume, what, six wide receivers make it? Last year, I think we took seven, but it might be six this year. So DJ Chase, uh, Mooney, Valus, EQ, Scott. Pettis is seven. So unless we take seven, he's gone. You know what I mean? And Pettis doesn't, I don't think other, well, here's another thing too. Valus, Pettis's main thing last year was he was the punt returner. Well, Valus is now the punt returner. So now you're not only, you're not the wide receiver you because you haven't been playing. You also, the position where you would have secured a spot in the team is now taken by someone else. So I guess, I guess it doesn't technically answer because I don't know if he's even going to play. But if he is playing, he better be playing for his life because I don't feel like he's going to make the team. Second one, and that'll be my last one, is I think it's the obvious one. Travis Gibson, bro. Bro, how are you fourth? The fourth DN? Bro, you're playing. You are playing for your life right now. So all the other one, like when I think of preseason, right, I think preseason as a whole is people trying to make a team. Like they're putting tape out there to make either the team they're on or when they get released, right. someone else picks them up. So basically anyone from uh, depth chart position one to three, I'm not concerned about. I'm just not like, do I want to see some improvements and whatnot? Sure, of course. But you're going to be on the team. So I'm going to see you all season long at, at, at some aspect, right? It's more about the ones on the back end where it's like, yo, you you better ball out or you're not going to be here. So those are my two I'd go with. I like it. Uh, Deke, who you got, man? Yeah, so um... – <clears throat> My my main one I kind of already got into was Roshan Johnson, so I'll kind of give a, a couple right. this time. Um, I I really covered the offense, but on the defensive side of the ball, 
Noah Sewell. <clears throat> I, I don't mm-hmm. think Shane Edmonds is going to play at, much at all. He's maybe maybe one series max, but expect he's been out with injury, so I don't. He might. Yeah, he's probably not even going to play. He's probably not going to play this week. Nah. Say Noah Sewell um, has a lot to prove um, <clears throat> because he's in competition with Dylan Cole. I think right now Dylan Cole is going to be the first linebacker in. Um, I, I think Noah Sewell has gotten his opportunity just because Ryan Poles drafted him, but I think he definitely, you know, has the shot to prove himself to be that first linebacker. And if somebody goes down, uh, and it's football, knock on wood, but it's football. It could be inevitable, even if it's just for one game or even if it's just for a series, um, then defensive line, I have one more on the D line and then I have one more in the secondary, but on the defensive line, I want to see how Terrell Lewis looks and how DeAnthony Jones looks, UDFA. Those are the two guys who have been turning heads so far that not a lot of the the diehard fan, the diehard Bears fans know of, but the general casual fan, you know, has no idea. But I think those two defensive ends could surprise a lot of people. And you kind of mentioned how Travis Gibson is the fourth defensive end. He's actually the seventh or eighth defensive end because there's two. Uh, uh, there's two. So he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has he has at the very, at least six guys ahead of him. <laughs> so um, my last one is Ty- Tyreek Stevenson. I think he's going to be the starting corner. So we'll have all eyes on him. But Terrell Smith, I think, is going to have an extra microscope or, or, or on him because Jalen Johnson is on a contract season. So potentially. I like Jalen Johnson. I would like to extend him. But a guy like Ryan Poles is going to be looking at this as what does a future with Terrell Smith, Tyreek Stevenson, and Kyler Gordon as your three cornerbacks look like? I think it's going to, I think they're going to play Terrell Smith a lot. And that's going to have a lot of implications on if Jalen Johnson gets paid. Hot take Jalen Johnson gets paid before week one. That's, that's how I feel. I feel like that's what's going to happen. As long as it's a reasonable, fair deal deal for both sides, I mean, I love it. I, I like but he talked, too. It's hard he to find a quality it, corner. It is. That's the it first is. thing. And then also he was very open about in his presser. Like he's like, look. And that's not, what made – Yeah, I think that's what made both of us kind of lean towards a deal possibly it's it could happen. You know, so I mean, he made it. He leveraged it. He did the opposite of what Roquan did, in essence, right? Yeah. It's basically he was like, "Hey, look, I agree. Like, I'm probably on the 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 lower end of the tier, I guess, one corners, right, or top end of tier two corners, and so that makes it seem like, oh, we we are. He's more open to negotiation at the table. Now, does that yeah. really happen? I don't know. We don't have visibility behind that, but it it makes it seem he didn't he didn't fracture any relationships by the words he said. Right. Right. So it makes it seem like, hey, I'm open for this discussion. So hopefully it happens. So I'm going to go with I love all you guys. It's hard going last sometimes, you know. (laughs) Um, But so Terrell Smith, I want to kind of piggyback on that one because that was one I'm I cannot wait to watch just because one, his battle in camp just with going back and forth trading like plays with Tyreek Stevenson. It's a it's a legit competition. It might be the most heated as far as getting that spot, that starting spot. Obviously, I think it. You know, when Stevenson, he's drafted higher, I think he does have a little bit of an advantage. But Terrell Smith has kind of been balling out. He's been making plays himself, so it's not it's not easy. So if he comes away with a pick, uh, you know, TFL, so just makes a couple splash plays, I think that's going to be huge for his stock 
because it's such they're looking like I said a microscope. They are really wanting to see who who should we start. And so I think he's going to be an interesting um, uh, just position to watch along with uh, I said it real quick, Alex Leatherwood. I want to see what he can do. Um, I think that'll be a fun spot to at least kind of look at. So um, that's kind of where I, that, that's what I'll be looking for. Again, it is just preseason. And so um, there's not a lot on the line, but it's it's fun that we do have some, you know, young guys, a young roster, like you said, Vicky, that we can kind of talk touch on. So um, I think we'll wrap it up here. We've been going for a while. Uh, Deeg, man, thank you so much for hopping on. We appreciate it. Uh, something we, we, we're we going to start doing and we're going to start with you is we want to know who your favorite Bears player ever is and why um, in regards to just the franchise in general. So ever. Ever. Yeah. There's only there's only one right answer too, so no pressure. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. If you ask me in 20 years, I will or not 20. I'll say five. Ask me in five years, and I'll say Justin Fields, just for the simple fact. Hell yeah, he was my favorite player in when he was in high school. I've followed him since 2017. Like I literally watched him go through his whole co- college career and just happened to get drafted to my favorite team. Like, I wouldn't – never in a million years would have guessed that. So, give it a couple years, and I will say uh, Justin Fields, but he's got to win. He's got to win first. Devin Hester yeah. is my – Yes, there it is. That's my man. That's why we love you, Deke. That's it. Those are the two best answers. I'm only 25 years old. I was born, unfortunately, the year that Walter Payton passed away. My dad was a Bears fan because of Walter Payton. I all respect – you. All respect to that man, Walter Payton. But from what I – my favorite player got to be somebody I watched and I witnessed, and that is Devin Hester, hands down. He's – he's hands down. Hall of Famer. Should be. Will Should be. Future Hall of Famer. He will be future. He'll get in next year. He'll get in next year. Absolutely. Uh, well, hey, I love that answer. We appreciate you again hopping on, Deke, man. Hey, yes, there it is. Yes, sir. That's what we're talking about. That's what awesome. we fucking talking about. Well, Deke, about. man, before we let you go, where can we find you? We already talked about your YouTube. Um, we got your handle here. Um, anything you're working on, anything you want to talk about just before you head out? Yeah, so just uh, check me out on YouTube, Next Wave Bears. I do a lot of shorter breakdowns. I try to keep my videos within under 15 minutes. Usually they're around 12-minute mark, but I've been recapping all the information that I could possibly find. And then on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> Twitter, please. <laughs> What's your threads? What's your threads? Uh, I've been there for like a week. But um, yeah, if you want to follow me at X, at OG, I am officially a professional tweeter. Um, I got paid to type my fingers. so Hell yeah. So come at me with respect if you try to come crazy but um no i try to uh i try to you know just put my candid thoughts but i'm overall overall a glass half full type guy i respond to anybody i see if i don't respond to you that means i probably didn't get to you because my notifications are blowing up too much but x slash twitter Popular, dude that, that's where <laughs> that's where i'm most active and if you guys want to um you know hit me up there you can you can I- I can attest to that. I think you're one of the you're one of the most genuine people on on just you know social yeah. Twitter in general because that's where the Bears you know that's where I think where most fans are most active. Um, you know, God bless Facebook users, but <laughs> shout out to all of them. I, you know, no no smoke over there. But anyways, you are you respond to a lot of people. You you show a lot of love. Um, I love what you're doing. We appreciate you again. We're gonna have you on again probably just maybe during the regular season. Um, we'll have to have you um, just hop back on. Like I said, Vicky, anything before we let him go, man? 
No, I'm glad that, you know, you hopped on, D, because we said you said like 30 minutes. And then when you came, we got close to 30 minutes. I'm like, look, we're not even halfway through the show. So <laughs> and yeah. you were like, hey, let's rock it. So I really do appreciate yeah, we that. Appreciate and that. you'll be on again. Absolutely. Yeah, th this was a great talk, though. And I can't I say it all the time. People, the fans probably get getting annoyed at this point. But I'm like, we're so, so much closer to football. So I'm just so, so excited. Preseason. Yeah, I just bashed it for like 10 minutes. But, you know, it's better than nothing. And it's just a sign that we're inching closer and closer. So it should be fun. Absolutely. All right, Dick, man. Thank you again. All right, y'all. All right, Ficky, man. That, I think that was just a great conversation. Uh, we love Deke. Super excited, man. An hour and 20 minutes almost talking with oh, him. Oh, we were talking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that, that's, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I think it was just a fun conversation. It was a real conversation. Ficky, man, any thoughts before we, before we uh, end the show? Man. Deke's everywhere on Twitter. Like, I can't scroll three tweets without seeing a Deke. And I'm not even mad about it. Like, it's great content. So you yeah. guys should follow him. It is worth it. You get so much information. It's just, it's just a genuine good follow. It's not really a lot of hate speech, nothing of that, like, just, you know, clicks and stuff like that. It's, it's really, like, good informational content. Great conversation, debate. It's healthy debates. He does it. He does yeah. a great job, man. He does a yeah, great job. Give him so a follow for sure. Absolutely. Well, Ficky, I think we'll wrap it up here, man. It's been a great pod. We're going to be recapping live Saturday, um, just the Bears versus Titans, and we can't wait to do it. Absolutely. We will see all of you there. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.